Hello and welcome to Wrestling and Everything Coast to Coast with your host, Buddy Satello Esquire and Wrestling's premier photographer, Dr. Mike Lano. But we have a very special guest and, and a special reason for having um, the show tonight. And that's, uh, we have Kelly pa- Paliki here. Palki. Palki here. <laughs> who, uh, yeah, yeah, I've known you for 23 years. I would know your last name, but I know you much better as Betty Beefcake Hello. from All Pro Wrestling. Back in the early 2000s, uh, both valet and you got in the ring a couple times for, for and, fun. And this ring announcer, one of our best yes. ring announcers ever oh, for all wrestling. Let's say this quickly. <laughs> we nearly ro- lost Russ the other day. He was hospitalized, had kidney stones. He'll tell oh, you all about it. And I want to wish everyone. Yeah, uh, yeah, it seems to be really a thing right now. A lot of folks are getting it. But wish everybody a great Thanksgiving or whatever you celebrate. Uh, tomorrow, and I'll throw right back to rest. Yeah, 12 years ago, the reason we're having this show is that 12 years ago, on this very date, all three of us lost somebody that was very close to us and we cared very much about, and that was Mark Bison Smith, and uh, also known to me as Super Destroyer 2000. So we're here not just to, to turn back the clock and think fondly about someone who meant a lot to us, but also to think about our own lives and where we've been in the last 23 years since uh, when I first met all you folks and time continues to move forwards. And, you know, there's a lot of time to maybe Thanksgiving as things slow down a little bit, gives us time to reflect on some of the past that we, that we share together. So um, Kelly, first of all, explain to our fans, because everybody knows about, about Mike Leno and they know about Buddy Zatello, but they don't know the legend of Betty Beefcake. At least our viewers don't. So please explain to us who Betty Beefcake is all about. Well, as you can see on my background, that was my, um, I don't know if you call it a finisher, but that was my signature move, Biscuits and Gravy. And that's the illustrious Shane Duck atrocity um, with my button face. What's that? He looks like a cadaver then. (laughs) (laughs) What a finisher to uh, legit finish him off, possibly. And who did you practice that finisher on many times? Buddy Satello. (laughs) In manager and valet class. Your first one, I think, was on me. So probably is hilarious. My Actually, my most favorite biscuits and gravy was probably the one I gave to cheerleader Melissa. It was up near Santa Rosa, and, and later on when I changed my clothes, I had her lipstick on my butt. But you started off as an administrative helper for Roland Alexander, correct? Yes. Yes, I had to, I basically, I worked in that office. I was there probably three to four days a week. You know, I lived on my own. I was single. I didn't have anything else to do. So um, he had me work in the office and do, you know, I would write checks, you know, filing, what, I mean, errands, whatever he needed me to do. Um, and I, I, I had to earn my place, you know, to be in, ma- in managing a tag team and, so I uh, I probably worked for about a year before I was able I had my first in ring uh, appearance with the Snot Brothers and um, with Dedrich and uh, oh I can't remember the, her name oh Miss TNA yes there you go Terry Nicole Ash yes <laughs> do you remember yes. uh, Betty do you remember Cherry Bomb the Fire Eater when Roland had her in for a little while. 
Oh, absolutely. We have her magnet on our refrigerator. <laughs> she was a beautiful girl. She only lasted for a little while, but I could have seen her easily working, you know, the big time. Yeah. Uh, yeah she got injured, but she was super nice. I was a yeah. big fan nice. of hers. She wrestled, wrestled with Melissa and someone else. It was at the um, Santa Cruz County Fair or somewhere down there. Maybe it was... Uh, Closer to Burlingame, that Santa Pacifica, Pacifica. That was south of of San Francisco, south of Oakland. Yeah, that's Pacifica. I'm pretty sure you're talking about the Pacifica show, or maybe it was the San Leandro show. No, no, it was at a county fair, and she wrestled in a lucha match, and then like she was gone after that. It was a three way match. It was uh, I think uh, uh, Lady Victoria from L.A. The, the newer one, not the the one from the '60s '70s, and Melissa was in that one. And um, I, I should say, too, about the Snot Brothers, who you manage and you were part of that big troupe uh, that also included Larry Blackwell, is one of them is that Scott is in the Carolinas and he's always involved with uh, yeah. wrestling there. And then the other one, Peter, is, is he in L.A.? And he was uh, part uh, of Pete, Peter Snot is um, he's up. Uh, big Peter Snot was Larry. Larry also knows Larry Blackwell. He is now married and lives up north. He and was too, didn't he, he like rooming with Roland or I forget what the situation was, especially towards the end. He was looking after him. Yes, he he did live with Roland um, and uh, Scott's not is down in L.A. OK, Scott. And I was thinking too, who we've lost. We lost Roland. Of course, we lost because uh, I was there like from day one before there was a promotion. It was just the all uh, you know Pacific Coast sports is the training thing with. Uh, a Roy Shire longtime wrestler, Ricky Thompson, but we lost Boom Boom Kamini, who was like in the second or third class. Who else? Yes. We lost anyone else in the. Oh, yeah, of course. Sadly, you know, Mark, obviously, you know, we're here commemorating. And we uh, also lost Crash Holly. That was, right, you right. know, a, a tremendous. That was the first real, like, person that I knew in wrestling that died. And he, you know, even though I didn't get to meet him a lot, the times that I met him, he was such a nice guy. And really, you know, it was a real blow to uh, 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 the uh, consciousness of uh, uh, APW when Crash died. I think we really, you know, we really loved having him stop by. He came by once for a San Leandro show. He didn't wrestle, but even the fact that he was in the crowd was like a big deal. Do you remember that? The that was the, uh, the guy that was responsible for WWF taking over the TBS time slot, that promoter, uh, that older guy, he was at that San Leandro show. Um, Barnett, uh, is it Jim Barnett? Yeah, Jim Barnett. Yeah, he was there. Meltzer was in the back, so I took pictures of them. But um, yeah, that was a, a pretty huge uh, deal. And I, I, we should tell uh, Betty, uh, that uh, Kelly, that Russ brought, uh, got, you know, through a lot of searching, Donovan Morgan, because we had Mike Modest on, but Donovan Morgan then, I was nagging him to get um, Crash Holly, Mike Lockwood's daughter on, who was a big, Patty. yeah, Patty was a big deal at the funeral where I spoke, and I think Modest Donovan. She's become a regular Facebook friend of mine since. She's okay. adorable. She's really and wonderful. Donovan, like, he has her over all the time to his place in Florida. And he's like a second father to her. So that's really kind of oh, cool. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, yes. So this, tell us how your career got started 
in uh, in in APW since we're 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 down a guest, so it's we have extra time to focus on you and and how everything got started with Betty Beefcake. Well, I my I went on a, a date with somebody a long long time ago and took me to a APW show in uh, Pinole at Pinole the old Pinole Valley High School. And um, I saw that and I was just floored. I was like, I got to do this, be part of it, something. And so I contacted Roland and, you know, I couldn't afford to sign. I don't want to be a wrestler, but I knew I wanted to be like involved in some way. And so I could at the time I couldn't afford, you know, training class or anything like that. And I said, you know, maybe I could work, you know, for you. And um, he agreed. And so I started just doing office work and coming there so many times a week and um, just helping, you know, clean the bathroom or do whatever he whatever needed to be done. Yeah, that was always a losing proposition. That yeah. bathroom at APW was oh, kind of thing that just should have been probably after they closed the place, they probably just, you know, put the hazard tape around it and sent, you know, a, 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 a hazmat crew. To yeah. like right. You're talking the downstairs. Yeah. Uh, Kelly, let me just ask you quickly, because I'm going to have to go and pick up relatives yeah. at the airport. Did, I really, and I know Russ feels the same way, I really miss the garage, which I called when I'd write about it in the magazines, the APW Dojo. But it was essentially the garage where the school was and where the shows would occur. I, I just miss it because it was like a family. There was Licorice Joe, who's had some health issues himself. Yeah. A lot of well-known fans, a lot of famous people, guys like uh, uh, Chris Christopherson coming once his son Jody got in the biz. And, uh, you know, the the stuff, I think you, I'm pretty sure you were there when there was Vic Grimes and uh, yep. Aaron O'Grady and Gigolo Steve Rosano had that big outdoor thing where a car got involved. I mean, there was so yeah. much sanity. And what was that area, that part of the gym, Russell, where you said before you became a manager? Was it called Vic Grimes Toy Chest Area? What was that area where he'd go get all the, the gimmicks? He and, and Vinny Massaro, a little uh, late. I think it was called, was I don't remember. Do you remember, like, the Vic Grimes Toy Chest or something It was like, like the that? dumpster that they had, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's where everybody was sitting. And Guys get thrown in the dumpster, too. And, you know, I miss stuff with the ha annual Halloween contest things. And for the first couple of years, I don't know how often it was, Roland would take us all out to, like, a Mexican restaurant. And I don't know who paid. It or the Indian place. Or the Indian place. Yeah. yeah, the Indian place. But there was another place prior to that. And then we started having, uh, I think, Gabe and his wife and others organized it. It was like a uh, potluck outside, like, on a Christmas Eve afternoon or something like that. We'd all bring dishes or sodas, whatever, beers, uh, and it was outdoors. And there was like a real camaraderie family uh, at various points. Not always, but a lot of points. I don't know if you experienced that because you were right in the office. Uh, yeah. You must have I experienced a lot of that stuff. Um, and it was, I do, I was just thinking, um, you know, I'm, I'm still re really good friends with um, Dina Becerra. She was Dina Massaro, the referee. Yeah. And uh, we're still really good friends. And um, we, I talk about, you know, we talk about wrestling. And um, she's big into lucha right now. And, uh, you know, I miss the, the old days when it was like, you know, like family, you know, and I miss, I miss the old times. And, you know, I see that, I see how some people, you know, are still 
really close. And I think that's just awesome that, you know, I just recently got together with um, uh, Josh Dozer and Shane Mai and his girlfriend and uh, Serena and Heather. And we visited Roland's gravesite wow. on the anniversary of his death. It had been 15 years. Is that Yeah, it was in Hayward at uh, Holy... I don't know. It's a it's a it's a very large cemetery on um, 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 mission. I think. Do me a favor too. Is if I'll have Russ make sure I have your uh, email because yeah. I know I owe you more photos. I found more of you, but also of uh, the alleged sister Vinnie Massaro with the ref Dina. I have photos of her repping. I pretty much have the whole history of APW because I got Rolling Stone when I spoke board of each year of APW with all the photos. Uh, if you bring her to the show, there was X amount of women, there was Sarah, I don't know who gave her the work name, I think Roland did Nikki, but Sarah. Oh, Nikki, Sarah Motto, yeah. And she's so famous now, she's the head female trainer at NXT for WWE. I'm pretty sure she's married, not still engaged to Claudio Castagnoli, huge star of AEW. And, but if you can bring her, I think that would be a, a blast. And I'll get you guys. Yeah, we would love to have her on the show. We absolutely love to have her on the show. Now, while you're still here for a couple of minutes, let, why don't you give your thoughts first of Mark Bison Smith and like when you first met him and what you thought of him and, and what your your thoughts were of, his, of the career that he had. Mike, first. I'll be quick on this because I tend to get a little loquacious. No. Uh, like when he was training. No, no, he was training and um, he met him there. He's always a super respectful guy. He'd seen all my stuff, my articles and photos in the magazines and really loved business, seemed to really want to learn the history of it. And uh, he was super tight with Modest and Donovan and uh, uh, Frank Murdoch, who uh, I think built such a talented guy, built at least one of the rings that was used either there or at iron and um i you know when the noah deal came about thanks to modest and donovan for him he became i think he almost surpassed them in many ways and he had that great career in puerto rico where we sadly lost him but uh, he was wrestling all over the place ring of honor which was a huge deal because uh, it was far more athletic in different ways than ecw its sort of precursor was and it came birthed out of our King of the Indies in Vallejo. That two-night King of the Indies was such a big deal. And, um, uh, you know, so many people came in and out, uh, but Mark kind of stood out. He's one of those guys that you just knew. And I don't even know the story, so maybe when I leave, I definitely will listen to this show. Uh, why, why the hood put on him? Because there's a guy I wouldn't put a hood on. I, I did, to... and it is a good story, and I will explain that after. It, 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 because, and it goes into when I first met Mark, because when I first saw him perform, it was over at uh, uh, the Armory over in Healdsburg, and uh, he was doing the um, uh, thing with Vinny Massaro, where Vinny was the gigolo and uh, Mark was the football hero, and they both came out, and there was absolutely no pop whatsoever. None. The fans just just absolutely didn't buy it. I'll, like, as soon as Vin, Vinny stopped doing his, like, ice, ice baby dance, I mean, the crowd just went totally silent. And Mark just did nothing to pick him up. And, and I said, a guy like this 
everyone should be afraid of. Everyone should be should 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 be in awe of. And instead, he's kind of wasted away during this football gimmick. I gave him his first chance to go heel, and the best way to make somebody go heel is to put on a mask. And I always, I don't know if you remember the Warner Brothers cartoon where there used to be a, a huge big bulldog and a little yappy dog next to next to him. And the little yappy dog would start all these fights, make the big bulldog have to fight all his fights for him. And I was like, that is what Mark should be perfect as. That silent, brooding, mass bodyguard that I do all the talking for and get in all sorts of trouble. And he has to go fix everything because I make him do my bidding. And the fans just he became a good promo guy in his own, particularly in Ring of Honor. And as you'd see, Bicentennial, that was uh, the docuon in the story of Bison Smith. But Kelly, before I, I have to split, um, you saw so many trainers, you know, different guys uh, train. Who was the guy that was the magician? What was his name? James something? That Mayock, they, yes. I, Mayock. Which was very cool. You know, we had so many cool people coming in and out. Venice to Marco. There was just such a cast of people that I keep saying every year I should come back. I should organize some kind of holiday party or something and invite everybody from every generation of APW. Uh, and, you know, maybe that would be something to do at the end, like you just did. Paid homage to Roland, go to his gravesite. Uh, but maybe, uh, Mark, do you guys know where Mark is buried? Or, or if he's buried at all, what's the? Where is he? Yeah, I think he's is he was cremated, okay. and in a, a show that just touched me to the highest level that I've ever been touched. His parents actually offered me some of his ashes, which I declined, but I don't think I've ever been offered a more meaningful gift in my life from anybody, and it just shows like what you're talking about. That wrestling is this really bizarre, totally dysfunctional family, you know, that we're three quarters of the time, we really do hate. Uh, there's a good number of people that hate each other and want to just. There's a lot of ribbing and stuff. So and I'm, a lot of close quarters and you have to travel together. And you have to wait, you know, forever. And you have the, the highs of, of, of you so know. Families, you drive family members nuts. I know. Betty. Yes. People could get under Betty's skin and uh, <laughs> stuff there because you know they—that's the whole thing with with ribs. But uh, Kelly, awesome to see you again. It's been—I don't know how many years. Thank you. Good, a long time since the last time. I do owe you photos. If you can bring Ms. Masaro on, I do have the stuff, and I will get you more of your own photos, which you should. I, go I would love to see that. And Russ, glad you're still alive and uh, whatever. Yeah, yeah I'm glad you're not doing a tribute show to me this week. Oh, my gosh. No. Yeah, I know. I don't so want to do I'm, that. Yeah. <laughs> one, you do enough of these tribute shows and then you think one of these days. Because that's the sad part is when we do the show, about half of our shows are tributes to some wrestler or indie guy or someone that we worked with that isn't here anymore. And it's, uh, it's a real reminder to, you know, when you're home. Ask Kelly, it, it, you, are you still watching and following wrestling? I think I asked you this years ago when we. You know, watching. not really. I I watched for a little bit just to see uh, Brian Danielson wrestle because I was like, I worked with that guy, I know that guy, and uh, I'm just really, you know, for, I don't watch it at all, really. I mean, my husband sometimes will watch AEW or WWE, 
and I might watch a little bit with him, but I just don't. Well, you experience <laughs> the, the good stuff. Always fun being yeah. in live shows. We always had a blast wherever wherever we were. It was usually a, a blast. So you guys both have an awesome Thanksgiving or yes. tomorrow, if funny. And hopefully we'll have you back on uh, soon. And uh, and I'll make it worth your while with the photos for both of you guys. I look forward to that. Thank you, Mike. Okay, Mike. See you again in a week. And have a great Thanksgiving, everybody. All right. You too. Good night. So now it's just us. But you know what? There's a lot of stuff I wanted to talk to you about. Because, like, you were there when Delete first showed up. Oh, Delete. my gosh. You know, the great Kali. <laughs> why, why don't you give us some great Kali stories? Well, um, you know, I, I grew very fond of Dalip, and I think he he was my friend, too. And, um, you know, uh, one time there, there, we were having, like, a prank wars with um, uh, Corey Carey. I can't, what, what was his wrestling name? Do you remember? Uh, it was um, uh, Corey Flame. Corey Flame. So we, I mean, we would prank Dalip all the time. And I think, I don't know, we, I don't know if we threw water on his pillows. Or... No, it was the tuna can thing. Oh, was... the tuna. So he, you know, obviously Dalip's pissed, right? And one day we're getting ready for a show and, you know, he mixes those, um, he mixes, I don't know, protein drinks or whatever. And they're bright orange. And so I'm standing, at, you know, and like, you know, in front of the stairs at the gym, and all of a sudden, I just—it's just raining orange drink all over me, <laughs> and uh, I lost. Can we? I are we allowed yeah, to say that? Yeah, you can. Words? You can. Yes. I lost my shit. Yeah. I was so pissed. I ran up the stairs, and people were like, "Yeah, what is she gonna do?" And I was like, I got in his face, and I was screaming and yelling at him, and he was just like, "Ha ha ha ha!" And you're telling was, this to a guy who's 450 pounds and nearly seven feet tall. You're bitching yeah. out a guy who literally could put your entire face within his hand and like. <laughs> If he wanted to, but yeah, he was I, he was a meeker and more timid guy than a lot of people really realized. In some ways, he was really a poor fish out of water. I mean, they yeah. his handler, that guy. Did you ever meet Dr. Kumar? Um, uh, I'm sure I did a few times. That guy was really, really weird. And the for I'm talking on a wrestling level. Like we see weird people in wrestling all the time, you yeah. know. And he was weird for even a wrestling kind of thing. He he like owned him like 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 Dalip was a slave, pretty much. And you know he bought and sold him and sent him around to the WWE before Roland ever could take his piece of him. And I think that made Roland a very bitter man for you know a good part of the remainder of his years. I think that was one thing he he felt he really found like a major talent in Dalip and he never got the credit for it. But then again, you know, Dalip had that problem with unfortunately killing the student that he worked with. Were you, you well, were there. Okay. So I was there and I'd have to disagree with that statement because it, I believe it was, a, it was definitely an accident. Yeah, no, do you want to say, I mean, we haven't had a lot of people talk about the incident who actually were there at the time. Well, I, 
I personally Brian Ong. We're talking about Brian Ong. Yeah, Brian. Yeah, of course. Um, it was just you know I don't like to say much about it just because you know we had to go through the whole court thing and I had to give a deposition. It was really really tough. But um, I will I say that I was named in the suit. I was named in the lawsuit, and then they yeah. dropped me. They actually dropped me as a plant as a defendant. Well, because so, you weren't, were you weren't even there, were you? No, no I moved either. over to Iron at the time. I was. Yeah, already. so I, I, uh, it was really a really rough situation, and I wish it didn't happen, and I wish I didn't have to be there to witness it, but I was, and I fully believe it was an accident. There was no um, ill intent, you know, and. It's just a really unfortunate situation that Oh, happened. yeah, well, and unfortunately, Brian Ong, with his history of concussions, and now we know so much more about concussions yeah. than we ever did, he just never should have, and he did, unfortunately, lie to Roland about his medical history and yes. did not reveal that past history of concussions. He just never should have been getting in the ring at all but if they, if if Roland had known, because I, you know, a lot of people blame Roland and saying, you know, he he let anyone in that wanted to get in the ring, and then you know he would beat him up, and then they would drop out, and he would still keep their money. And you know, Roland's intention wasn't to do that. He didn't want. He really did want to find the next wrestling star, but there were some guys who just weren't going to yeah. be the next wrestling star, and they couldn't live with the idea. That, you know, Roland could tell them, no, you're not going to make it. You know, you're at best, you're going to be a mid-carder, you know. And for a lot of people that, we, you know, it's different for like you and I. Like for you and I to step in the ring even one time and just, you know, do our thing for one match. If that's all we ever did, we would still be like, that was the coolest thing we ever got to do. And and life goal accomplished and checkmark, you know, but of course, once you start realizing you can do it again next Saturday or a month from now, <laughs> you get start thinking, yeah, I can do that a month from now because that was so much fun. You know, I was yeah. talking about, you know, the heartache and, and the traveling. And I mean, think about like the shows that you did in Angels Camp and 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 in uh, uh, the middle of California where King nobody City. showed up. <laughs> Yeah, and nobody showed up. I mean, there were almost as many people in the in the crowd as there were wrestlers, you know, on the show. And uh, you know, there's a lot that 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 went into every show that APW did that a lot of people really didn't understand. But you were always there for a good part of it. I mean, think about like the core of like who we had and how far a lot of these guys went. You know, like Sarah. You know, like uh, Tom Castor. You know, yeah, all that. he's so proud of Tom. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's really been a fixture of the WWE for many, many years. He's pretty much probably going to become the senior referee there, you know, if right. he isn't there already. You right. Know? I, I get I, and that's a, that's a, that's another reason why. Um, that's that's a, that's one, another reason why I'll, I'll tune in sometimes just so I can see Tom. <laughs> sure. Or Samoa Joe every so often. I mean, we we got to know him and Frankie Kazarian when yeah. they came up for uh, the uh, 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 UPW invasion stuff that we had going on. That, those were some really fun times, you know. And uh, but let's talk about Marks. It's just you and I 
here. Yeah. Let's let you talk about like when you first met Mark. What was your impression? Uh, I was like, this guy's huge. <laughs> He's huge, and he was he was usually you know I didn't get to talk to to Mark very much. Um, but you know, we had, we had lots of, you know, in like, we never really like, you know, like hung out, hung out like as friends, it was always at like the gym. And, and so I got to know, know him that way. And, um, it's so funny because he would always make the weirdest jokes with me and some, you know, were uh, really inappropriate, but with me, I thought it was hilarious. Like any other normal person off the street would have been calling the cops maybe. <laughs> so with, with me, it was just, I would just giggle. It was just, it, it was so funny. Because you never, um, you knew he never meant any harm with anything. No, that's not said. at all. That, that even if he said something that was offensive, it wasn't because he said it because that's what he really believed. He just said it because yeah. he knew he could get a laugh out of you. That exactly. was definitely Mark, you know? And yeah. And and sometimes because that was one thing that I got, you know, because I got I got to know him a lot when I when we would go places and before the matches, we would just sit there and talk and things like that. And it was always fascinating to me how he was able to kind of tell me that life in this gigantic shell of his was not all that it seemed, you know, it was not as glorious you know, you think when you're you're built like, you know, a football player and, and, and you're a massive pro wrestler and, and people think you're the toughest guy around, as a guy, you think that would be what you every guy would want. But he told me that it wasn't what it was cracked up to be. And it was it, it, right. it came with a burden and kind of like in some ways he was a freak, you know, in some ways. I mean, that was the thing about us in APW. We were all kind of freaks at some right. particular point in time. I think that's how we were all kind of united in some way. We all felt, you know, in some way that we, we were freaks in common, you know, and the rest I of the, just, it made it easier to sort of make it the fans and the marks and the rest of the world. And then there was us, you know. Just a bunch of weirdos hanging out yeah. and having a good time. <laughs> yes, a bunch of weirdos. Hanging out, having a good time. I mean, oh, you, you, is your daughter home? Yeah, hold on one second. Yes, go right ahead. I can pontificate. Um, uh, uh, we were all sort of caught in a different era of wrestling when things were both the end of kayfabe and the start of kind of a new level of like people getting to know others no wrestling i mean you, you don't have the characters you don't have the the gimmicks you don't have the kind of i mean you do in some some small cases in wrestling now but people are more like regular people wrestling now than it is when we were involved with you still really had characters you really had um uh uh, uh, uh the idea of kayfabe still kind of existed and ironically it wasn't until like the the uh, Secrets of Wrestling Revealed or the Wrestling's Greatest Secrets Revealed program that came on while we were involved in all pro wrestling that really changed a lot of the kayfabe things. But there were, you know, obviously people just started to generally stop believing in kayfabe 
before we we were involved, but that was kind of like we were there kind of during the death of kayfabe, wouldn't you say? You know? Yeah, I you know it took me a long time to to learn what kayfabe meant. It took a couple years. And sometimes I'm still not quite sure what the hell it means, <laughs> even after all this time. But I mean, Roland was such a, a real believer in kayfabe as like. It penetrated who he was, you know, um, and and getting behind that. And and I think people like Mark believed in it and, and Donovan and Modest. And that's why the APW product was such a great product. You know, I was always proud when we would, when I would sit in the audience after my match or before my match and look at the APW shows that we did. And I would say, wow. Those were really quality shows. That's, those were matches that I would want to watch on TV yeah. if they were televised. And Mark yeah, was a big I, part of that. Mark brought a big part of that professionalism to it. I mean, he, uh, I, you know, he, he always gave so much in every match that he was in. Um, physically, um, he cared about the booking. You know, I felt Donovan, Modest, and, and, and Mark and Shane all cared so much about like whether we got good booking at every show. Oh, and you know who really cared a lot about in-ring booking was our late friend Kamini, you know? Oh gosh, I was so sad to hear about Boom Boom and nobody had any info on services or anything. And I know he had lost, uh, he had lost a leg from diabetes, so. yeah. Yes, and I think it was a, a heart issue, you know, unfortunately, when you're type two, you carry, and he always was a big guy, you know, yeah. you carry a lot of uh, 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 that all over your body, and, you know, it unfortunately <laughs> did him in. I know, it's it's terrible to think that people that we work so closely with, you know, are, are no longer here. We're too young to have people that this many people gone and then of course you know uh, uh i don't know if you knew uh virgil flynn all that well i didn't no i knew him from ccw but there's yet another person who who who's gone before his time but um you know uh uh did you ever see mark get really mad at anyone i don't think i don't remember i don't remember ever seeing get mad because he seemed like just kind of a I don't know. I've, I honestly never saw him teddy get bear. mad. Most of the time, he was a big teddy bear. But people could push him too far. I mean, uh, 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 Gabe pushed him too far. <laughs> Gabe pushed anybody too far, you know. And and I remember one time Gabe was shouting it at, at us because we we he didn't remember Super Destroyer 2000 had no theme song. That was like the the one of the throwback thing. So we were part of a tag team with Boom Boom Kamini, and we didn't have any ring music to go in on. And so we didn't know like when to actually go. So we were like waiting for somebody to signal us. Nobody signaled us. And then Gabe like, like said, would you get on there and get, get you know, you, you idiots, get in there. We're waiting for you to, so we went in there. And then when we came back out, he started yelling at Mark and Mark took off the mask. He just said, don't you ever yell at me, you little punk. And like, 
Gabe just like like the the Pac-Man when he gets caught by the ghost, just just literally like wilted in his spot. Because I mean, I was even like, oh boy, if Mark gets as mad as he wants to get, as he seems right now, I mean, he could just pick you up and just crush you like 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 a bag of yeah. potato chips. He was that strong, but he just you know let let Gabe know to never talk to him like that again. And I don't think for the rest of the time that Mark was in APW, Gabe even directly addressed Mark. He was like, can you tell Mark dot, dot, dot? Can yeah. you say to Mark dot, dot, dot? Because I don't think he ever wanted to, to cross swords with uh, 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 Mark again. And, and, and you know, when, when I was in the hospital in, in, in uh, 2005 for my type 1 diabetes, speaking of type 1, diabetes. I, I thought of like a lot of people that meant a lot to me. And, and, you know, Mark came up in my thoughts because I just really thought he was a real noble type of, of person, just a person that was really, you know, in a, in a, in a business where everybody's make believe and everything's kayfabe and everything is a work. When you met Mark and you met him and got to meet him, you really knew he was a genuine person. Yeah. That there wasn't, he was never trying to work people when he was talking to them directly, face to face. He didn't have a secondary agenda, you know, like the now departed Kirk White. There's another guy. Oh, that was sad. He was a but nice Kirk, guy. But Kirk and I would have conversations. And I would come away from a conversation with Kirk and say to myself, I believe Kirk White had a completely different conversation than the one that I just think I had with him. It, the, the, <laughs> way, the way he would interpret stuff was so different than I think any other human being on the face of the earth. So I think he he was different. With Mark, I absolutely like, it was almost like a psychic thing, like when we would work together, either with each other, a super destroyer, or against each other, that I just felt we knew what we were going to do in the ring, and it was so... They, kind of chemistry makes such a big difference. You had a lot of that with the snots, don't you think? Yeah. I mean, you guys yeah. really worked together so well. That was great, you know, gimmick tag team and you as manager. How did it feel to, to do those? To, to I, be I mean, I loved it. I mean, I one time they were wrestling, I was up in Sacramento and they were wrestling Deleep. And, you know, of course, you know, once you get hit by Deleep, you're out. You got to sell that. And uh, so I dragged um, uh, Mike out of the ring and I just put him over my shoulder and carried him out. And that's probably one of my most favorite pictures because you got me just carrying this wrestler over my shoulder, walking out the ring. <laughs> Absolutely. That, I, I love that. And just, I don't know, just managing like our interactions and your little palm pilot and like threatening to hit me with it and you know it's just and it's like it's like I don't know you just kind of get to ad lib and and you know I don't know just have fun with it I mean there's so many memories I mean I could go on for hours you know about the snot brothers and people I worked with and um, I don't think I ever got to have an interaction with uh with Mark like in the ring, I don't, I don't, well, wait a minute. I'm sure that the Snot Brothers wrestled him. Yeah, oh yeah, they absolutely did. I have pictures okay. of it where you, okay. where, where uh, uh, it was him and, and Kamini 
tagging or Masaro. Yeah. It was him. It was uh, okay. It was uh, Super Destroyer and Masaro, Vinny Masaro, against the Snots. Okay, I, that's I, right. And then you you wound up biscuit engraving me in the uh, in the corner. You first did an avalanche. You smushed me, and then I fell down and then <laughs> sat down. And then you you did the biscuits and gravy on me, and and uh, you know so on and so forth. The life in the ring continues. But uh, yep. um, so people still send me biscuits and gravy pictures. <laughs> yes. Well, you got one right there. So right. Um, uh, and then also you you were even on TV. You got you were on uh, uh, like uh, uh, entertainment this week or something like that. Or it evening was Mag- uh, yeah, it was evening magazine. It was called Outdo Malou, and that I wish you know I've sent Malou um, like messages on Instagram, and I guess maybe she doesn't check them. But I just really I really want to have a video copy of that of what we did. Um, and See it, it was, somewhere on the net. Maybe I can find it for you. Right. Well, you know, they were thinking of having Melissa. That would be great if you could help me find it. Um, but they were thinking of having um, Melissa do it. But they're, you know, at the time, they, you know, Melissa was a more serious wrestler, and I'm just a, you know, a gimmick manager. So let let me do it. And um. Uh, I got to give her the biscuits and gravy, which I don't think, I don't remember if they showed it. Oh. I don't think they did. They, um, you know, we, and it was fun, it was fun because I practiced with Sarah uh, a, for two weeks for it. And uh, I thought it was a really awesome opportunity. I was honored to do it. And I was, you know, really excited that Roland chose me and, um but yeah, I would love to see that on video. I actually, I had a, a VCR tape and I showed it at an admin meeting once when I first started the job that I have now in 2008. And and then one day I was watching it and the, the VCR just ate it up. Oh my gosh. Oh no. Well, that's the video. If we can find your digital copy. Yeah. That would be the beauty of it. It'll never get eaten up, although viruses, that's a different story. But um, Right, yeah, I definitely uh, need a digital copy of that, so. <laughs> no, it's, it's uh, um, so, so why don't you tell fans what you're up to now, what, what you're, what you're do, busy doing now, and your mom, that's the first thing. Yeah, I'm a mom. I got married in uh, 2012 and had my daughter in 2015. Her name's Molly, and she's eight now. Um, wow. I work at Berkeley. I get to work at home two days a week, which is awesome. I, I'd be happy just completely teleworking, but they're not allowing that. So, um, but yeah, it's it's great. I mean, she just watching this little kid be like a mini Kelly is just like <laughs> it's like. Do you think she'll ever want to get in the ring? Well, let me tell you something. So, um, <laughs> she'll, I'll be laying on my bed watching my phone and she'll come on, she'll get on the bed and she'll, she'll like jump on me. And I was like, what are you doing? And she, she goes, you want to wrestle? Yeah. <laughs> and I, I go, do you know who you're messing with? Yeah. Like, really? 
So I'll put her in like headlocks or a leg lock and she'll be like, <laughs> and then um, one time uh, we were, when we were living with my dad a couple years ago, uh, I pretended to be a ring announcer and I was like, you know, making her way to the ring at, you know, 40 pounds and three foot two. <laughs> Like we called her Molly the Crusher Palky. Nice. <laughs> and she came in running and, <laughs> you know, every every time I hear um, whip it and back that ass up, I get like, you know, it makes me feel emotional, you know? And, and when I hear like. Pull, um, right? Wasn't that uh, Scott's um, uh, uh, theme song? We're through being cool. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I, well, I don't remember Scott's individual theme song. I just remember whip it and then back that ass up. And then, um. You know, like when I hear, um, uh, let's see, uh, Wanna Be a Baller for West Side Players. Um, and then I'm trying to think, I, I think our Vin, when I hear Vinny's, I rec, I don't, I couldn't remember it now, but when I hear it, it's I got that deep bass that starts off. It goes, dun, yeah. Dun, 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 dun. You know, I, rec I recently uh, was been in touch with uh, Veronica. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, wow. she's, a, she's working, she's doing like, she blings out items for movies and then, um, she still makes her, um, her, uh, dead dolls or creepy dolls. <laughs> probably, probably big time a year for just a month ago. Probably. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. For Halloween and everything. So we text every once in a while. <laughs> That's not, again, it's amazing how many people, you know, especially thanks to things like Facebook and so forth, people keep in touch from that, you know, core group of wrestlers and, 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 and you know, people that were working shows and all that during that time period. It was just a very unique time, some very unique people, some very talented people and people that have, you know, influenced the business. I mean, Sarah Del Rey, you know, I knew she was going to be as big success as she did. She, oh, yeah. I don't think any guy that I knew worked harder than she did to get where she is now. She, she absolutely you, did. You can only work as hard as Sarah Del Rey worked. You can't work harder because if you did, you'd be dead. That the, yeah. the, She worked her body and mind to the limit and endured a lot of crap from a lot of, you know, because there's still a lot. I mean, you can tell me, but there was still a lot of chauvinism and a lot of, you know, oh, yeah. big boy stuff going on, you know. And unfortunately, you were the victim of a lot. I mean, in the Me Too era now, the stuff you could probably talk about the way you were treated at, in the APW locker room, because I saw it. And hey, at least give me credit. I never did any of that to you. No, never. No. So... <laughs> Yeah, no, and, and yeah, it was that's not that, because it, my wife's in the other room. It's I'm, I, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 you know I didn't I just didn't believe in that kind of just lock, high school locker room shit, yeah. which it's, really it's, it's that's cool. what it was it, to me. Wrestling, what I've always described to people is that when you're involved in an indie wrestling, it's basically like high school extended, and yeah. you're it's 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 high school extended. It's like a military organization. It's like the circus, and it's like a drama group, all moved or almost like a traveling band, all thrown together at one time. And that's why you have people both hating each other's guts 
you know, and people that are friends for life because of the way that you get you get put through everything in this in the scope of a couple of years in an indie fed. You've just gone through it all pretty much. And uh, I'm just glad that after it's 23 years that we've been friends. Wow. 23 years. All (laughs) the life changes that we've been in. I'm really proud that we're still friends. Oh, yeah. me too. And uh, I, it, it's actually a real nice little bucket list checkoff to have you on the show. So, oh, that's cool. I hope I get to do it again and, you know, talk to more people and just kind of, I would love to just reconnect. I know. I would love to do, especially because we're all in such different locations, I'd love to do a, a one of these things with everybody from APW, just try to get them all. But it's, it's like herding cats, trying to yeah. get everybody's schedule together so that you can you know have this time unless I do it at like four in the morning on like Christmas day I'm not sure I could get everybody in one spot at one time when they aren't busy doing something else but but catching up with you I mean this has been even though it's been an hour it really as I've said and as you said we could make this another couple of hours easily with all the memories that we have shared and and I hope we do you could also bring um uh uh, Tina Massaro on you know We'd love to have her as a guest, you know, and uh, uh, just you're always part of my APW family and you always will be. You're part of my family, too. And I I still keep up with uh, Shane Mai as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, for me, this is my way of keeping up with everybody is having this show and calling them up and saying, you know what? I haven't talked to you in 20 years. What's up? You know, Chris yeah. Danzer's on the list and, and, oh you know, gosh. yeah, exactly. All these people that, <laughs> that we were, you know, friends with and, and, you know, I'd love to do more stuff with Donovan and, and more stuff with Modest. And it just gives you, a, gives me a reason and an excuse to get back in touch with everyone again. And I love doing that. So yeah. anyway, do you have any cause you'd like to promote anything you'd like to push anything you'd like to, you know, have the fans, they want to get in touch with you or anything like that through social media, anything like that. It's all up um, to you. Yeah. People can, you know, look me up on Facebook under uh, Kelly Palkey and, um, you know, my daughter will be selling Girl Scout cookies at the end of January. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I'll be promoting the heck out of that. She was the, the top seller in her troop last year. So, I, I, I want to try to keep that title. <laughs> well, I really hope you have a special happy holiday for you and your family. And, uh, you know, it's been a long time since I've seen you in person. So one of these days we got to figure out an excuse to go hang out together, too. Oh, yeah. We, you know, Molly, remember that time I brought Molly to your house? Yes. It was your, it was your birthday. She was like two she I know. Like but, the, you know, you her and your kids had they bought they were like like that they did but yeah it's amazing it's just amazing how much time has passed since all of that so let's not make it six years let's let's exactly friends on a more frequent basis great to see you happy holidays have a good thanksgiving